I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Medical devices are increasingly the potential weak link when it comes to cybersecurity of healthcare organizations. Today I'm speaking with Greg Enriquez, CEO of security solutions and services provider TrapX. The firm's independent research division, TrapX Security Labs, recently released a new study that highlights the cybersecurity risks associated with medical device hijacking. Greg will be describing what medical device hijacking is and the risks that this poses to healthcare entities and patients. Hi, Greg. Hello, Marianne. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. So now for starters, what is medical device hijacking? So TrapX Labs publishes regularly reports on what we call the anatomy of an attack. And in our work and in our work helping hospitals and medical providers protect their environments, we discovered something we coined as MedJack, where attackers have been able to take over medical devices and use them as pivot points for further attacks inside a hospital or the administrative systems of a healthcare provider. So now, what kinds of medical devices are most vulnerable to this hijacking and why? So traditionally, in the healthcare environment, there are a number of medical devices that use operating systems like a Windows or a Linux operating system, fairly common computer operating systems. And those kinds of medical devices, whether they be a PAX device or a blood gas analyzer, radiology devices, can be susceptible to attacks from individuals who want to either take over that device, use it as a pivot point, or hide out in a place inside the hospital to further gain information or access to other systems. So it's evolved over time. We're seeing that in healthcare environments, medical records, personal information has become more and more valuable to attackers. So they're finding the security defenses on traditional administrative devices might be uh, more prohibitive. And what we find in our work is attackers want a path of least resistance so if they can get into a back-level operating system on a medical device, they'll go there first and use that as a place to hide out or pivot into the rest of the organization. So when it comes to the medical device hijackings, are they more of a potential occurrence or are they actually happening as far as you can tell? Well, in a report that TrapX Labs releases this week, we cite three different instances where medical devices have been attacked, and we've located both common malware and targeted malware on those devices. We've even found some uh, viruses as old as uh, 2008 to be located on those devices. So they have been attacked. They have been used as pivot points inside a healthcare organization, and we have seen evidence of exfiltration of data out of that organization into sites in in Europe and and China. If a medical device is indeed hijacked, what are the security risks to the healthcare organizations, and what are the potential safety risks to patients? Well, everything we've observed, that's a good question, everything we've observed so far has been malware or viruses are resident on these devices. We haven't seen any indication that a device has been altered or damaged. We have seen indications that it's been used as a way to get into other administrative systems in the healthcare organization. So the risk to medical professionals and administrators is this can be an area that they aren't able to scan for attacks, and it can be a place where malware or other attackers can remain resident for a long period of time. And that risks patient information and 
in some tests that we conducted on the vulnerability of these devices, we have been able to remotely control these devices and, uh, and prove that attackers, if they wanted, could control these devices from outside the organization. Now, there has also been some research by other independent researchers who have found you know, various flaws on, for instance, you know, infusion pumps. Any of the products that have been sort of cited so far by FDA and Homeland Security, are any of those the products that you've seen these same issues, or are they different products? We actually cite the products in our example. Our particular instance is a different product than some that have already been published, but of course, any device that's using a back-level operating system that's on, on a network that's connected to the Internet is vulnerable to attack. If these systems aren't patched or if they're not monitored with traditional security defenses, they can be vulnerable. They can be more vulnerable than other administrative systems in the hospital. How can healthcare providers detect if their devices are indeed hijacked? That's a good question. We make a number of recommendations in our report for medical device uh, manufacturers and for healthcare providers on what to do. The first thing is to coordinate closely um, with the manufacturer to make sure that you're giving the most up-to-date devices and that your manufacturer is following security procedures for those devices. And coordinating that with the rules that the FDA has put in place advising manufacturers to use current security practices on those devices. Many are and many are very diligent about this. You also should make sure that the devices in your environment are up-to-date. If you have devices that are older, it might be time to replace with new generations of technology that would be more secure. Of course, using secondary uh, networks or protecting medical device networks with a second firewall inside your organization is an approach that many use if it's possible. That way you give another layer of defense. And then making sure that your vendors on a quarterly basis are working with you to scan those devices and make sure they're protected from attackers. Now, any advice to the medical device makers on what they should be doing to help prevent their products from being vulnerable to these sorts of things? I think being current with all patching of the operating systems, using the most current operating systems or practices that should be used for medical devices and other administrative systems. We call it in good hygiene, doing vulnerability scans, updating and patching um, your operating systems and making sure you use the most current versions. Those are very good practices all around. The FDA has also made some recommendations to vendors on, on what they can do. And then staying in close, as I mentioned earlier, close communications with healthcare providers to make sure they're using the devices in the proper fashion on, on the network. I've talked to many medical security teams, um, hospital security teams, and they do work with suppliers to make sure that security practices are extended beyond their hospital network into the um, medical device networks. And again, going back to the healthcare providers, are there any telltale signs from the medical devices, anything that they should look for in terms of how these devices are operating or data that's uh, coming out of these devices that might be a sign that they need to address either a possible hijacking or some other cybersecurity issue? You know, that's a very good question, and I hope as we continue to see this Internet of Things or more devices attached to the Internet and, and to the networks that will find more security tools able to alert um, professionals, security professionals, about possible breaches or compromise of these systems. Today, the approach that we use at TrapX is one that's able to, without impacting the operation of these devices, 
able to identify when there's been a breach and movement within the, within the network of any attackers or malware. So all I can say is use a layered defensive security product to make sure that your operating systems are up to date and patched and um, look at new techniques for identifying breaches on these devices for allowing your security professionals to locate and remediate any, any problems. You're never going to stop a targeted attacker from getting inside your network. What you will do is find the shortest amount of time to identify there's been a breach, try and get the most high fidelity, the most reliable information so you're not sifting through a lot of it, and then take action and remediate as quickly as possible. We try to identify a breach or an attack in under 10 minutes and then remediate as quickly as possible. The other thing they can do, clearly I should have mentioned earlier, is the more we can encrypt information that's on these devices, the more protected it'll be. And often we see in medical devices, passwords are not protected appropriately, administrative privileges aren't protected, and data on these devices is not encrypted. So we want to try and stress that encrypting the data on especially sensitive devices is, is a critical security strategy. Thanks, Greg. I've been speaking to security expert Greg Enriquez. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.